This is a Think Live Be production. It was really cute, of course, because baby goats are adorable. This is the last time I'm talking about it because a lot of people have been asking me about it. I've been sharing how great it was and everything, and I can only be super excited about something for so long and so many times. So you went to baby goat yoga? Yeah. I keep saying baby yoga goat, but yeah. <laughs> I that call does it baby goat yogurt. I'm it. like, what? <laughs> well, it sounds really adorable, but also I don't know how you actually get in like a full session of yoga no you, you don't no that's not the <laughs> do they climb on it. you and stuff or is it in between they oh. they climb on you so you're doing there's a yoga instructor the entire time and there's a full-on yoga session it's for beginners nothing too serious intermediate that's the word right mm-hmm. yep so it's very beginner status yoga instructions and they have the baby goats come out before you even start. They're like, all right, everybody, they're going to stampede out to you. So like you get a little slow-mo video of them running up to you, a little funny. And they're running around during the entire time. And then two of the the owners of the little farm, because it's a local little farm that they have, little mm-hmm. they have baby goats and pigs and some chickens, they're walking around and they're enticing them to like run around. So for a moment, there was nobody around me. I was like, oh, they don't like me. <laughs> This is going to be so sad, but you know what? I'm here experience. I'm going to love it. But they brought these little leaves up Mm -hmm. and they would wiggle them in front of you and they'd entice them to jump on top of you and go underneath you and just run around you. And they said, feel free if if you want to go out of pose and sit down and play with the yoga or with the um, goats. You're more than welcome to. So like half the time I said, I'm I was going to say, yeah. I would imagine everybody was just sitting down playing with the goats. For the then. most part, I did get a little, I broke a little sweat. So I did some work, but for the most part, I petted them. But it was outside, right? Well, yeah, it was shade. It was underneath uh, running around. like a, a garage type thing, a shaded a area. Pavilion. I don't know what that means, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That was I, exciting. We did some open houses this weekend. Not as fun as the baby goat yoga. No, <laughs> open houses aren't. Don't even. Don't even come close. Come close. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Baby. Next time you just have to have a baby goat with you. That'll that be oh. that'll be fun. You advertise that I'm going to bring a baby goat. We have baby goats. You got to get some disclosure house. sign though, just in case. And you just get people who want to see the goat and aren't interested in hey, that's buying it. a home. More people to ask the question. That's that. That's true. <laughs> it's a numbers game. You know, that is, that is true. <laughs> it's contacts and you get people in front of you and they might have a real estate need, even though they're there for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Do you know what? That's why I never really like doing that. Um, you know how some people will advertise that they're giving something away, yeah. like, yep. like, you know, enter yeah. a raffle for a $25 Amazon gift card. And I'm like, you know. They're coming for the gift card. I mean, sure. N- or they're, another if body they're coming in. to the house, they're coming to the house because they're well, yeah, in the market either, for a house. I'm going to spend $25 right? on that. They're either there because they're interested in the house or they're there for the gift card. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to spend I my think, time talking to them. I right. think for those, it's best to not advertise that you're giving it away at the open house and entice them to come for that reason. But it's nice to have it there displayed to get that contact information. Yeah, but, but not I, advertising to like bring the people right. in I only mean, that's, for that. Yes, you but, you're guaranteed if they if you're guaranteed to get their information, the right correct, the correct yeah. information. <laughs> but see, I don't have a problem getting. I'm not saying I do it 100 percent of the time, but most of the time, 
we get full contact details. Anytime Catherine has an open house, I'm writing note cards because she got the full I contact I even got info. their mailing address. Yeah. And I don't know why some sometimes I see other other agents, they just have like an email address. And I'm like, you just tell them what's you just say, like, what's your email address? Well, what do what's you say? Your, like, how how many well, so ways some, can you ask for it? You just ask it directly. They just come one. into. Now, I have to say it is it right now. I feel like it's really, really easy because um, it, of everything going on with COVID-19 that you're saying, like, you have to register. I need to register you. But that's what you say. You say. Great. Welcome to the open house. Follow me. Let me get you registered. What's your name? <laughs> what's what's a good email address? What's a good phone number? And are you going to tell me that you're not going to give it to me <laughs> if I just yeah. ask it directly? No, you're going to tell me no if I say, hey, would you mind? It's also a lot yeah, harder when you, it's a lot harder when you um, ask ask somebody directly. Uh, can I get your name and your phone number um, or even your email if people are writing it themselves, they can just kind of make something up as they're going. But if you ask them, they have to lie directly to your face. Right. And people aren't as willing to do that. No. Yeah. Or come be able to come up with something. So they just say the real thing. Yeah. They might pull out a number of uh, email address that they don't use all the time or something like that. But you're going to get the name and at least the phone number. Well, so I've got more to say about that, but okay. I think I'm supposed to say what yeah. we're listening to. Yes, so let me, oh, let me take, remember. I remember. Um, you're listening to Seeking the Best. This is our podcast where we seek the best in ourselves and we try to overcome the personal hurdles as real estate professionals. I'm Catherine Stelges and across from me is our director of operations, Kayla Boundy, and our sound engineer, producer. It's I gave you a new sheet. Our producer. Um <laughs> Patrick. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. We yeah. may get some, uh, it's starting, the clouds are starting to roll in in downtown Orlando at this time of the day. So uh, yeah. I've heard some thunder and it's getting real windy outside. So who knows? You guys might hear some uh, thunder and lightning as we go through this. Yes. Today. If you're, if you've never been to Orlando in summer, we get rain at about the same time, like every afternoon. <laughs> 4, yeah. 12 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Um, but anyways, yeah, we were talking about open houses. I've got a lot of opinions on those. <laughs> How Did you, when you first started in real estate, did you really like lean into open houses? Yeah, I definitely did a lot of open houses um, when I first started because it is a easy lead generation strategy. Like you're going to where people who want to buy houses are going to be. So it just makes sense to do it. Um, but I will say, like, I always hear new agents say that they love open houses. I don't love open houses by any means. I, in fact, I would say I do not like them. <laughs> I don't like anything about them. I don't like having to sweat myself to death putting out signs at every street corner and then go inside and, like, be on for two hours straight, you know, talking to people I don't know. Um, that's not my favorite thing. And then, and then go back outside into the heat and pick up the signs at 4, 12 PM. <laughs> and, and all you want to do is get out of your heels because your feet are killing you. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing, but I saw, I did see results as a newer agent and I saw the value in being in a place where people who want to buy homes are going to be. So why not? Why not? Um, but I think you need to know what you're doing it for and have a lead generation strategy for it. Cause a lot of times people will ask us like if they can host our, our listings and stuff. And they obviously aren't really looking at like, is this a good listing for open houses? Should yeah. I really be doing this? Will I get buyers off of this? 
So I've got lots of opinions on that. <laughs> what, the pricing? The price points of things? Definitely price points. Kayla, get on that microphone. Whoop. There you go. <laughs> Definitely choose, like, how to choose a, a good open house so that you actually generate business. Um, what do you think? What Like, I think it I think it needs to be... Well, it's got to be the hottest price point, point yeah. in that area. So and whatever the average price point is for that neighborhood. I could see a newer agent getting really excited because, oh, look, I've got this. They want me to do an open house or I got this open house at this really beautiful 3,000 square foot property on the water. It's listed at $785,000. Look at this beautiful mm, thing I get okay. to do this this open house at. And really, it's like that's at your detriment to do the open house there if you have an opportunity to do it at the you have to 300, have parties $300,000. Like well, it depends on I guess it depends on what the average price point of is. Of course, but I'm just going off of Orlando market. Yeah, I think you have to choose something with the average price for that neighborhood and and then you're going to get the most results of people that are interested, but also yeah, you were saying like seven something like in our area, like 700s, 800s, that would be like a higher end market. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that those get um, um, less buyers, number one. Not that you can't like get lucky one day, yeah. but we're not talking about luck. You want to have a strategy around it. So um, like it seems to me that most of those open houses, even the people that you do get through the door, which is slim, they usually already have an agent. Right. Cause they're not buying their first house. Right. And so they, you know, they know the steps and they, they're not just casually looking. Right. They're probably there because maybe their agent wasn't available and they saw that it was open. I'm not saying again, it's not ever a hundred percent, but to be strategically placed, you want to find out what's the hottest price point for that area and be there because that's going to get the most traffic. And then if you can find something that's a new listing, that's obviously going to have the most traffic too because it's new to the market. Everybody just got notified of this new listing. So you can get that first batch of buyers through. So I think those are the two biggest points. But then also just location. Like um, the location being closer to a busy road. Like not on a busy road, but just not to like you only no. want to have to put so out. You're, so attention. you're winding through a giant Right. You only want to have to put out like a couple directionals and like you want to put out 10 to 15, I mean, 15 to 20 directionals, but I mean, you don't want to have more than like four turns to get to the house or people start to get winding back in there and they're like, I don't know where this thing is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if they're following the signs. Now, if they're serious buyers, they'll find it because yeah. they saw it online somewhere. Yeah. Right. But you still, you do kind of want that like drive by traffic because those are the people who might not have agents yet and are just dipping their toe in the market and they saw the signs and they like that neighborhood. Yeah. And so they you want to make sure they can get it. Sign with an arrow on it. And yeah. Depending on where you live, a balloon or a pinwheel. pinwheel. Yeah. I like the pinwheels. They're cute. <laughs> the the pinwheels are cute. It's, it's like the thing. new, the new trend. They do um, catch my eye. So that's a little dangerous for well, people. I'll tell you driving. all those, all those, I mean, you, you don't do it anymore, but back a few years ago with all those balloons. Oh my goodness. And I'm just so the, glad it's the over. The balloons being being popped and in the trunk. They would the, be in my little, trunk. The little all strings melted, melted the strings. to the signs. Just what a mess. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, environmentally speaking, it's better not to use the balloons. Yep. So I like this new trend of the the pinwheels is over there. Yeah. Um I like this new trend because those balloons were making a mess yeah. in my car. I did enjoy stabbing them afterwards, like after the open house, <laughs> just to, to kill them all. Them. Yeah, I was done with them. And then the 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 thing would melt on the sign, and yeah, yeah, bad stuff. 
but yeah, I also think you have to know, um, like what, what price range you're trying to target to. So if you've got like, let's say the listing price is 400,000, the buyers you're probably going to get are going to be actually like 300,000 because yeah. buyers always tend to think they can afford more than they actually can, or they want to look at houses anyways that they can't afford. And so they'll go to a little bit higher price points. So you know, you want to be careful, even if the average price point in our area was like 150, which it's not, not even close, but if it was, I'd be a little bit cautious to do an open house at that price point, just because I wouldn't want to get the $100,000 and $90,000 yeah. buyers. Because usually the investors is, or people who aren't. Yeah. So you just have to know your market, I think, and choose choose wisely um, of what, what price point is going to be the most popular that also, you know, would be worth your time to spend time with a buyer that sounds bad. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We're on a commission basis here, people. <laughs> I don't get paid unless you close. Yeah. So so that's how I would say those are the biggest factors to me to find a good open house. And then then you have to know, you know, what how many open houses do I need to do to have the results that I want from it? That's what I was talking about, that lead generation versus just holding your own right you've got listings open you have to sit down i mean we've talked about a lot of this stuff in the past but you should probably sit down at the beginning of the year and say how many sales do i want to make at the end of the year and then that's what you work towards one of those levers is through open houses yeah and there's math and statistics on how many buyers can you get per open house yeah. On average. And then how many of those open houses do you have to do a year to get to one third of the numbers if you're doing three levers of of, of you know, sphere well, so- being one data and database and and whatever. So, yeah. So. So. Well, I was going to say you want to do this in October. Do that. Now. Right. Right. Of course. <laughs> October yes. is January in real estate. Right. Plan ahead. But yeah, I did some quick math. So if you wanted to sell 12 houses, I just saw an updated graph on the conversion rate, just average. So if you don't know your conversion rates, I always look at other people's because at least it's something to look at and work towards and know what, like if this is the industry standard, I want to work towards that or better. Right. So seeking the best. <laughs> um, so like working backwards, if I said, I want to do 12 deals from open houses, just for easy math. Um, and the average conversion rate for open houses is 5%. Okay. So, so 5%. So explain that. So yeah. one out of every 20 people you meet will turn into a piece of business. So 5%. Okay. So if my conversion rate is 5%, then I would need to do 48 open houses a year to sell 12 pieces of real estate. 48? 48 open That's houses. One, basically one a week. One a week for a month. Okay. So every 20 open houses or no, what? 20 people. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that's where I disconnected. Okay. Oh, you know what? I think I left out a piece of I was of just going to say, where's the people math? Yeah, the there? people math. Thank you. <laughs> so we're getting in the weeds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's using our, we have found that when we do open houses, the, our average is that five people attend. So sometimes we'll get like 30 people through the door on a new listing, busy one. And then actually we did two this weekend, mm-hmm. right? And one had 16, no, I'm sorry, 20 people. Um, and the other one had one. So over time, if you average it out and I'm saying ours was five and it's a 5% conversion rate, then it's 48 open houses a year. 
So four okay. a month, one a week should lead to 12 deals a year. Right. So knowing that math, you can really strategically say, okay, I need to do four open houses a month at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And I need to make sure that they're strategically placed location, right. new listings or price reductions, yeah. something that would attract people to them. Right. So if if you're a newer agent and so-and-so agent says, hey, do you want to do an open house at my new listing or at one of my, my not even my, at my new listing, let's just say at a listing and it's been on the market for 150 days and it's $700,000 and you do it, you just screwed yourself for that one week because no one's going to come through. And you, so you probably need to schedule a second one. Yeah. And I think even if someone does count yourself lucky and then still do four more. Right. Don't say no. (laughs) I think that there's still potential to market the crap out of it to to help entice people well to that's come a through. that's a whole other we'll get into the marketing of what to do but when you're by yourself as a single agent it's not ideal there's, there's only so much you can not do ideal. to market someone else's listing that's true well and even so on the two we did and this is just a snapshot in time but i think it's just a good example the one with 20 was a brand new brand listing new, literally brand brand new. like three days old Cute two days old bungalow adorable house in perfect like the right price range location yep probably below average for that neighborhood but like mm-hmm. average for that that general area that's like your target buyer is looking for that price range yep. and super cute staged like looked great so we jumped on that of course and and that one had 20 people through the other one was a, a townhome, so smaller pool of buyers. Mm-hmm. The price wasn't bad. The price is three twenty, and we did have a, a recent price reduction. And it's our own listing, so we actually have more ability to market it. But it's a specific pool of buyers and townhomes and gated communities and like the condos. Like, don't don't spend your time. The only reason we did that one is because it's for our own listing. So I see that as I've got to do what's right for my sellers. So sometimes we're going to do open houses for our sellers to increase their exposure, but that's not part of my lead generation strategy. The other one was because I knew that one was going to generate more business. So two open houses, but you see the difference. That one only got one person. And I could have told you before I even went in there that it was going to be zero to one people. Mm. I think you did say like one to two people. (laughs) And the time I did it before for that same listing was two people. And um, that's just because I know what, I know what the market is. It's a great location, but it's a townhome and there's just not that many buyers that are searching for that, that kind of thing. Especially during a pandemic. Yeah. So, so You've got to know what listings um, are going to work and then know your numbers. And so I would start with the 5% conversion rate and then just track and say like, okay, if you're not getting five people on average, then you might have to do more. Or if your conversion rate is higher, you might have to do less, but you have to, it's always know your numbers, right? Yeah. Know your numbers. That was on my vision board. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. It's the answer to all things. (laughs) You want to take a break? Sure. Okay. Let's take a break. And we're back. What were we talking about? Open houses. <laughs> My favorite. Mm-hmm. So we, we were talking about um, during the break about the virtual yeah. open houses. and Well, because it's interesting, you know, going back to live open houses and, you know, we're doing it safely. Like no one's touching anything and we're opening everything up, wiping everything down. I've even done a couple where I've actually set up a table outside 
to avoid, you know, being in the same yeah. space if it's vacant or or something like that. Um, or creating distance behind a dining room table or something like that. Um, so we figured out ways to do it in person and it's, it's good to be back to a live open house. Cause I think you have better interaction. Um, because that virtual open house thing, I did not give it the full six month that we talk about. Like you got to do something for six months in order to see if it's going to work because I just thought that they, they just didn't like, they, it they was didn't just go anywhere. dead on arrival. Yeah. Like we had like eight virtual open houses though. We did. We and did like them, no, result. no results. No. And I think Ultimately, it's because there's no like everybody knows when you go out on a Saturday or Sunday. I mean, we even have them at the same times, Mm -hmm. like one to three, two to four. Um, We all have the same kind of um, setup for live open houses and buyers know what to expect. They know when generally they're going to be. They know what the signs look like. There's studies that have been done about using just the plain red and white signs versus branded, which is why we mix those in. And um, and so people know what to expect. So there's no surprise to me that I go back to a live open house and it's busy, even in a pandemic, everybody's yeah. just wearing masks and they're still wanting to get bus through the door and you've got to tell them to wait outside. But the virtual one, nobody was interested in because every agent across the country was trying to figure out how to really quick shift into this new thing. And nobody was doing the same. There's no stuff. research on it. And so everybody was doing different things. Yeah. Some people knew no. how to approach it as a yeah. consumer. Well, somebody, some people were doing just live Facebook things. Some people were doing like Zoom calls. Some people were just doing videos, posting them, which was already being done. And nobody was having any consistency. So it was never going to work as a strategy long term. and Or short term. Or short term. It didn't work <laughs> at all. Um, at least for us. I'm sure somebody got something out of it somewhere. But just as a long term like I don't think they could replace the regular open house because nobody was doing them in a consistent way. And consumers, they to this day, they want to go inside and really feel the house themselves. And we've talked about virtual tours and buying virtually and all that stuff. And I think buyers just still want to go in and like feel it for themselves. Um, so those those died out. And I just decided that that wasn't worth blocking my time out anymore and that I could find better ways to spend it and, and just replace that open house business with some other. Didn't we get one person to Um, sign up? Not to, uh, attend to, to work with us. No, no. I mean like sign up for the open house. Oh, like RSVP. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't show up. No. Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. I thought we got one in there. (laughs) We had an RSVP. We got zero because no, but there was not one lead that came in. No, there's no follow up on anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nothing to follow up on. (laughs) Thanks. Virtual open houses were dead upon arrival, but real ones are back and people are just going at it and wearing masks and they still want to get inside the door. Um, And we, we, we like them. I was going to say we love them. <laughs> no, but I think there's there's things that we do well and consistently and that's what gets people through the door and that's how I know, you know, we can I know I can work the numbers backwards like we were talking about. I know we can do that and figure out a plan because we've done are, them long enough. What are some of the things that you do to market an open house that's yours versus an open house that you do for somebody else to try to guarantee the best you can to get as many people through the door that maybe some other agents don't do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, the, the first thing, well, this is maybe not in any particular order. It's just going to be how it comes to my mind. 
Kayla jump in at any time. <laughs> um, if it's our listing, we do an email blast to agents to let them know. Because I don't, again, if it's my listing, it's just about exposure. Yeah. If it's not my listing, we don't blast it to agents because we don't want. Because the goal is different. Yeah, the goal is different. So so the marketing is different depending on if it's our listing or not. That's, I think, the biggest that's the biggest difference, though. If it's our listing, we're advertising it to other agents, too. Yeah. Right. Period. Because we just want to get it in a, front of anybody and right. everybody. If it's, if it's someone else's, right. If it's someone else's listing, your your goal is to get as many buyers as you can from that listing. If you're If it's your listing, your goal is to get as many buyers as you can from that listing and to sell the listing. Yeah. Get more eyes on it. Get more exposure from it. Right. Yeah. So... So, but if it's, if it's not ours, we still want to do some kind of email blast to, we try to tag people when we meet them or they inquire where we know what area that they're looking to be in. For your database, you mean? Yeah. Like as people, as buyers inquire about listings over time or, or our database, like, yeah, we always talk about sphere database, not the same thing. Yeah. The general overall database, we try and tag them on where they're looking so that if we have an open house in that area, we have people to advertise it to. So you can block that, pull that out of, what is that? A CRM? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You pull that out of the CRM and then, and then, and then invite them. Yeah. Invite. Yeah. And then, um, same thing on running some sort of social media ad. Uh, if it's our listing, definitely. If it's not our listing, we just want to get permission. But we'll still hopefully do that because we want to get in front of more people. And so you run an ad on Facebook and narrow down how you want, where you want that ad to be placed. And what do you usually spend on an ad for an open house, like an average open house? Like, what are you talking about? 50 bucks, 20 you know, bucks, I think 10 we've bucks? done like 30 bucks. $30. $30, yeah. $30. That's the most that you've done on one. Yeah, because that still will get a decent number of people clicking on it. Mm-hmm. So you get some leads from it. Plus, you get some new exposure to the the listing, whether it's yours or or you're just trying to get people in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just posting, obviously sharing with your within your own social media platforms. At which, again, that's why I think not to. I know I jump around a lot. Um, not to go back to the virtual open house thing, but I think that's why that didn't work with um, Facebook because to me that was just touching your sphere. Right. Which is great. It's you mean a touch, just posting, posting just posting a walkthrough it. video or a you being at a house on Facebook, we Facebook live. Yeah. Whatever. Like you can, you can do that, but it's just hitting your sphere. Right. So when we do a social media post of an open house, well, we have two things we're doing there. We're running an ad to reach new people we don't know. And we're doing a post to share with people we already do know. Okay. Cause those are the only people that are going to see that post. Right. So, um, and then, advertising obviously if it even if it's not your listing asking the other agent to put put it in the mls or put it out there what time and date otherwise no one's going to know about it yeah right. um so putting it into all of the you know whatever websites it's out there too and making sure it's syndicating and then i used to do this all the time and i don't think we've done it lately but now i'm going to bring it up and then kayla you you remember <laughs> i'm trying to think of what it is before you say it but i can't go <laughs> I think it helps to change the description. You can't do it in MLS. We have rules against that here. Um, but with, oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Zillow, yeah. yeah, like yeah. on Realtor.com and Zillow and all the big major websites to change the description to actually say open house in like big capital letters. 
in the description because some of the websites are a little bit harder to find the open house dates. It's not blasted at the top. Yeah. So having it in the description, then oh, like first thing, before yes, you open start. house Sunday two to four, and then you start your description. Yeah, and now and you then just you, then you go back and pull you go it. back and pull it. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, then it, I remember doing that in the you, beginning. I don't you, know why we stopped. And when you do, you do that at the beginning of the week, yeah, yep. like once we so yeah, we usually will want to schedule whatever open houses for the weekend on Monday so that we have enough time to do all of this stuff and spread it out. And right. have it hit a couple even, times. Even yeah. if you're doing an open house that someone else is listing. Yeah. You don't, they say, yeah, you, uh, they don't say, hey, do you want to do an open house this weekend at my listing on a Thursday? And you say yes, because you know you can't advertise it enough to get the people out to make it worth your while. Yeah. Now, in the case of um, sometimes if it's a brand new listing, it's still maybe as long as there's like a couple days right. in between. Right. If it's brand new to the market. It's still worth it because they're going to get the right. notification that it's brand new. Right. And so that's that's a bigger impact. As long as you put open house in it when you market active too. Yes. So when they see that notification that it's that brand it's new, also, they also see that open oh, okay. house. Sure. Yeah. 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 But yeah, adding that verbiage. We used to do that all the time. And you're right. I don't know why we stopped. I'm sure it's still on the checklist. <laughs> it's just not getting, just not getting done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think that's helpful just to, so people visually see it, um, on every site, even ones that don't have like a really big open house, this date, like mm-hmm. advertisement. Um, and then we always do signage in advance so that anybody driving around sees that it's going to be held open so, on that day. Uh, so for your listings or listings that you're, you're that you're, or open houses that you're doing that aren't at your listings so on that one we have before but we obviously with permission permission. and then also sometimes i don't but think we bother because then then there's some stuff is branded yeah Yeah. then it's conflicting like brands and stuff so sometimes on that we just don't Right. You know. But on your listing, it's a big sign. Yeah. I mean, it's a big sign, like 36 inches by 36 inches. <laughs> that I think that was an open. accident, but then we were like, oh, this man, is this great. is like, yeah. yeah, we didn't mean to get it that big, but it's powerful. It fits in the car and it goes in the yard. Yeah, it barely fits in, but it does fit. <laughs> um, and then uh, obviously signs the day of, directional signs, like 15 to 25, depending on where it is and just making sure that at every street corner, um, from the busiest intersection out coming in. Um, and then we also do door hangers in advance Whee! to invite the neighbors. And we only do 25. And I remember I was it's so in, hot. No, it's so, it's so we do hot more in our farm. I do more in our farm. Right. If we've got a listing in an area we farm, then we're going to hit a little bit more 40, <laughs> whatever Kayla can stand. <laughs> no, but um, I, w- I went to a class um, probably like a year ago, maybe it was last year at mega camp. I don't remember, but they were talking about like flyers and, and door knocking before open houses. Cause it's, it's a powerful tool to try to generate listing leads. Like, you know, that there's a statistical probability that a listing is going to pop up on the same street where there's already an active listing. And so you want to hit those houses a few times during that process and, and let them know who you are. And so open houses is a good opportunity to do that. But in the class, they were talking about with their team that they tried, um, they used to make it a hundred, like a hundred door knocks and then no one was doing it. So then they tried 50, (laughs) no one was doing it. And then they tried 25 and finally everybody was doing that commitment. And so I think that that's important to, to know, like, like we do 25 because I felt the same way. I was like, that's doable enough that it's always going to get done. Yeah. Right. So then we can say consistently, 
we are reaching out to the closest 25 neighbors on every single open house we do. And so there's no, um, yeah, there's just, it's just about consistently. So you just went on, online to one of these cafe press Zazzle, whatever, got print sites and got a bunch of door hangers made. And then what's on the door hangers. I think we put some call just to action, call to action, branding of yeah. the team. And, and then there's, uh, at the very bottom are some lines, some space to be able to write, to write in, in the address, the address in as time. like an invite. Yeah. As yeah. an invite. And then, um, I and you do that. I got that, this that awesome happens in the morning, right? Before the open house, the day of day, no. day before day before. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I got this awesome graphic designer. Well, <laughs> He's on retainer. Thanks. If you work for, if you work for, Keller Williams is your broker. I'm sure there's all sorts of. They have templates. Templates. Yeah, there stuff. are. Yeah, it's yeah. not hard to find. Yeah. And they're not hard to make. What's on ours, though, is a landing page to get your home value. Right. Because, again, with with that purpose, you're because you're, we, t- we always talk about getting buyers from open houses, but you want to try and get listings, too. And so when you're hitting the neighborhood, remembering that there's a very high likelihood that somebody else in that vicinity is going to list now that they see seen this house go on the market and so hitting their door with the door hanger when you're doing the open house and it has a landing page to you know go get your home value then you're you're right you're hopefully and if it's get your a listing lead out it, of that right and if it's your own listing and you have the sign in the yard and the open house sign was in the yard and and then you just put the door hangers out the people that are planning on are like wow those people are Brand awareness. Yeah. They're they're really doing it over there, aren't they? So that that will help that that's only gonna help you look more professional and well that's what I think um if things that we could do better is remembering to do the verbiage. <laughs> um <laughs> and then also, you know, now that we're we're bringing on um or we had brought on an ISA is is actually doing a call around, especially when it's in our farm. Yeah. And alerting and, and inviting the neighborhood like purchasing lists for, for specific areas. I wouldn't do that on every single one because the conversion rate on um, circle prospecting is what that's called, mm-hmm. where you have someone calling the specific neighborhood around a listing. Um, the conversion rate's really low. So unless you have somebody who's strictly dedicated to calling, right. it's just not possible to fit that into your schedule. And it wouldn't necessarily be worth your time. Right. But now that we have an ISA, um, I do want to start adding that in, especially mm-hmm. in those neighborhoods we're already farming score and then i always think like there's never enough time to do everything but um and this is just listing advertising more than open houses but every time that you you take a listing you have all these opportunities and sometimes the listing goes pending so fast (laughs) that you miss out on it so trying to schedule the open house um you list it on a monday it goes pending it on pending. Wednesday. And yeah. then you, what do you do? You've already got the open house schedule. Now you got to explain to everyone who walks through the door. Well, and I think everybody's got a different strategy. So our strategy used to be list on Monday, open house on Sunday. And if the seller was open to it and you thought you were going to get multiple offers, then you just say, okay, and you'll review offers on Monday. But that doesn't work for every market or every seller. Sometimes sellers are like, yeah, whatever. That first offer looks good. I don't want to miss out on that. Let's do it. And then it's pending by Wednesday. So we've talked about, okay, what if we make it Wednesday or Thursday when we're listing the house to give it a little bit more time to get that leverage that you want from a listing. It takes a really long time to list a property and that's an opportunity to get two more pieces of business 
So making sure that you're advertising that it's just listed, that you're doing an open house, that it's just pended when it's sold and anything else in between, new price, whatever. And sometimes we miss those opportunities because we're either too busy or um, or it just goes pending too, too, yeah. too fast. We don't have the, right. the but, right system leverage but don't to you insert. Run- Don't you run into the problem by listing it later in the week that you can't advertise? Then you don't have enough time. Yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah. That's that's. Or if they're like, yeah, we're going to list on Wednesday, and then all of a sudden the photos aren't quite done yet, or there's something happens, or we don't have a key. There's no perfect system. Yeah. Aren't you the one? Oh, you're learning. (laughs) Are you the one that told me? Yeah, I was testing you. Eighty percent of the time. I was testing you. (laughs) But if you know, okay, so all those things, those those can all be done. And that's why we do door hangers and not postcards because I've never listed a house where I had enough time to send out an no. invite via mail. I've, I've never done a postcard for because an open house. Pending. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, because by the time you get Farm the listing and, and get that postcard in the mail and get the list ready for that, it's pending yeah. or it's or the open house has already happened. So we do door hangers because it's just physically going to the neighborhood and that makes it um, make sure you get it done. But all that stuff can be done in two to three days. So it could be listed on Wednesday and that's plenty of time to get things done for the weekend. But you're right. You're going to have those um, that aren't ready and then you're rushing around and you don't get everything done, which is why it's like do it as consistently as you can every other time because stuff happens. Right. But with it just listed on Friday, that's it's still okay. You you get the attention for Sunday open house still because it's a brand new listing. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's still it's that's, you could still get true. a good open house. Yeah, from that's it true. Too. That's that's totally true. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, if it's brand new, yeah, you're getting all that brand new yeah. listing. Yeah. Initial. So like you don't right. have to do all that other stuff right. for one that's been sitting this, for two weeks or whatever. All of this is really good and works really great right now because of the market that we happen to be in. And I'm sure if market shifts happen and it becomes more of a buyer's market, then things will have to change on. You have to kind of up everything up on everything the marketing side. As, as the market shifts, you keep upping the marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and you'll have, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. Like you'll have more time to, um, to do stuff and maybe you can do more things to generate listing business from it instead mm-hmm. of just buyer business from walking in. Um, so there's, there's a good thing about things moving a little bit slower, but then at the same time, you want things sold. So yeah, right. we don't wish for a buyer's market. <laughs> no, no, no. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. So that's open houses. And then I think, well, we talked about the follow-up stuff. Um, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Two weeks yeah, ago? I think so. So you can go back and listen to, well, we, we just answered somebody's question. Yeah. But there's, there's, you got to have systematic follow-up. Otherwise, all don't that bo- work. Don't go sit in an open house for two hours and put out the signs and do all of that and then never call those people again. <laughs> call those people. Yeah. That's totally you have to have waste a plan of time. From the beginning. Yeah. Of what you're gonna of, of the touches and how yeah. many times they're gonna be called and all of that stuff. Oh, that's the other thing I was gonna well, I, I just thought of this. Um when I'm in the open house, and maybe everybody has their own way of doing it, but I'm trying to just build rapport with people and get their contact info, get their contact info. When they walk in the door, I've got to register you for the open house. What's your name? What's your email address? What's your phone number? Get that contact info and then just build rapport with them. I'm not so much interested in getting every single piece of information I can and set an appointment and setting an appointment unless, unless the opportunity arises. But I just want to build rapport. I don't want, I don't want to say something like, I feel like it's too easy for buyers to say they have an agent. And if you ask them that directly at an open house and they say they do, 
then you're not going to call that person tomorrow, right? Because they have an agent, but you don't really know anything else about their situation. And if they really do, I think yeah. buyers get programmed. Like they don't want to be bothered or if the, they're or, not ready or yet. Or they say they, they just say yes and you move on. But the reality is, is that his brother is an agent in Tampa and he said that he would show them some houses and it's like they don't really have an agent but they say yes but they kind of do or their friend was an agent but they haven't talked to him in a while and then you just lose that that contact entirely rather than just get the contact information and call where you can dig in deeper. Well, you can't d- dig in like that at the I can open think, house. I can Things think change. Of, well, I can think of a million scenarios. Um, when somebody says they have an agent, but they actually aren't going to buy anything till next year. And by the time they're actually ready to buy, if you just kept in touch with them, that person's no longer an agent. Right. Yeah. What do we say? It's what is it? Three months or something <laughs> is the average <laughs> amount remember. of time. I, I do. No, I think it was three years. No, no. We'll have to, okay, we'll fact check it. Yeah, we'll fact check it. I came across it not that long ago, but the the stats were scary. Like the from when people people get their license, license and when they're and out, when of, they're the out of the business, it's it's under a year. I know yeah. that. We'll Six we'll months. we'll find that. But yeah. the point is, is that um, yeah, I've had I've had clients that we've cl- we've worked with them, and then they you know they closed and they own their house, and then a few years later, when they're ready to think about buying a bigger one and selling theirs. They'll say, you know, I've got a friend that's in real estate. They'll still want to work with me, but they'll say, I've got a friend in real estate. And then within, you know, maybe that doesn't happen right away. And by the time they're ready to do it, their friend is no longer in the business. Well, we have people that we know that were, that you sold their house to them and they've lived there for eight or nine years and they were getting ready or thinking about getting ready to move. And they said, oh, we really want to use you, but our daughter got their real estate license and they haven't moved yet, but in the, that amount of time, she's already out of the business. Yeah. Not yeah. A realtor anymore. Yeah. So I just think you have to like, don't set yourself up for failure and ask, ask questions when you haven't built the rapport and trust yet, because they're looking for a reason not to talk to you. Just like, if, and I may have said this on the podcast. I know I've said it a million times because I heard it somewhere and I think it resonates. Um, if you go into a retail store and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, can I help you with something? Nine times out of 10, people say no. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yet they're there to buy something and they clearly don't know where it is in the store or they wouldn't be wandering around. And I know I do that and everybody does that. So it's the same exact thing when you're in an open house. People want to decline the interaction. They don't really want to talk to you. They just want to look at the house. And they don't you, want you to bother them. And when you say, what, when you, what, did, what, what was the question you just asked? <laughs> oh, can, how can I help you? Or can I help you? Can I help you? Or whatever. Um, asking that kind of a question we've talked about before, that closed question yeah. of yes or no, you you can't ask the right question at the open house that is an open-ended question so that you can dig deeper into what the who these people are and what they want. What are your yeah. thoughts on this kitchen? Yeah. Well, just asking open-ended question. What brought you in here? You know, yeah. like trying to understand what their situation is before you get into those heavy realtor questions because they, they don't, especially buyers from open houses, they're not necessarily ready yet. And that's a good opportunity for you, but they might tell you that they're already working with an agent or they're, they don't need right. your help. And then you're not going to want to follow up with them if they give you, if right. they decline you in that open house, you'll throw that contact yeah. info away. Right. So, oh, and, and why wouldn't you? Because you, they told you 
I mean, they they said, yeah, we have an agent. What are you going to do? Call them on Monday and say, yeah, this is so-and-so from, uh, yeah. (laughs) Didn't I tell you I had an agent? Yeah. Yeah, But I called anyway. No, you're not going to, no one's going to do that. You're just going to throw out the number. Yeah. You're going to throw it away, but it might be a missed opportunity. Oh yeah. Because if you call them on Monday, they might have a different tune. Yeah. I think it's still worth a call to see how the feedback is for the house. Well, and that's that's the the follow-up script we we did talk about. Mm -hmm. I always ask for feedback, even if it's not my listing, because number one, it's polite to provide that to the other agent. But number two, it's an open-ended question. It gets them talking. And in that talk, in that explanation, they're going to explain what they didn't like, which is also telling you what they do want. And And then you can lead into that next question about, you know, what else, what else, what else, why is that important? What else, what else? And maybe by that time you've built enough rapport and value that you can go for the appointment or set an expectation for follow-up. And then if they have an agent, they have an agent, but don't, if you give them the opportunity to tell you that at the open house, nine times out of 10, they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some good advice. I like to think so. <laughs> you guys want to take a break? Sure. See? Okay. Let's take a break. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. So we have time for a recurring segment. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the West. All right, I've got a question from the web, Kat. Okay. Kayla. Hi. I currently have a client from out of state, and we just got an accepted offer on a great house. The whole time I've been talking to her, she keeps saying things like, I trust your opinion implicitly. We are just alike. We are going to be great friends, etc., etc. For the most part, I separate my work life from my social life, and I'm basically a very friendly introvert. Her energy makes me feel nervous, like the deal rests on me being her friend. Also, I don't want her placing responsibility on me for choosing her house. She does plan to come see it in person next week at my insistence. And I haven't promised any kind of relationship other than professional. She has just asked me she just asked me if I'll spend the day with her, quote, showing her around. I said no because of COVID-19 and I'm only doing what's necessary in person. How do I make it clear that I'm performing a service, not becoming her best friend? This isn't the first time this has come up. How do you only offer professional services and discourage personal relationships in real estate without being a jerk? Sorry, that one's a funny one. Without being a jerk. Well, that's so, hard. I'm out. It's, I mean, that's a hard question. Well, I don't know who that is, but you sound like you must be awesome because you're attracting a lot yeah, of friends. Yeah, they all want to be your friends. <laughs> you're probably a pretty good agent. Yeah. I personally, as an introvert myself... I would not, you know, I'm not a people person. And so I I know like I felt that way before with, you know, people 
But I also, if it's somebody I want to be friends with, if I like and enjoy them, I'm absolutely comfortable, you know, taking that extra time to, to be friends. Um, I have a lot of friends that I've made over the years through real estate transactions that I don't, it's not like I hang out with them on a regular basis, but I would consider them friends and I enjoy working with them and they are for business. So it's worth a friendly relationship. I think she might be reading into that too much. Like maybe the person just isn't from here. And like some people are that guide. I think, I think being a realtor is setting yourself up to be somebody who is in that position to, if somebody's moving to town, they see you as a resource for their own home. Why wouldn't they see you as a resource for the area that they're living in? Well, that's what I, yeah, to a certain extent, but I also, how do you boundary that? Yeah, because, because how much of it is what you just said, Kayla, and how much of it is you're my only connection to that place, right? Because let's say you are moving to uh, a, a different town where one of your friends lives or where your parents live. You would latch on to them. Those are who you're going to want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. This sounds to me like this person doesn't know anybody where they're moving to and their one connection, the one person they do know that they've spoken with and they've gotten along with is their realtor. So that's their connection. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's okay to to say no. I don't think that she should feel bad about we had, that. Did a whole podcast about that. I know. <laughs> like you know, if if you're not looking for a friendship, I don't. You know, listen, I don't need any more friends. I understand. <laughs> um, if you're not looking for a friendship with the person, I think it's okay to decline that. If they're just looking for someone to take them around town, you know, maybe provide them with some resources. Like I'm sure there's blog posts about like getting around whatever city, you know, like here are some cool places to go. Um, you know, thanks for the invite. I'm, I'm tied up that day. Here's some, um, here's some resources for you. And like, at least try to give them some reason or not reasons, give them some resources to find their own way around. Um, I think you can also really like get to know them as your client and kind of piece some in a way with another person that you know who is also looking in that <laughs> oh, area. Matchmaker. Matchmaking, yeah, in, in a way, but without it blowing up. And so it'd be somebody that you yeah, would know sudden, they connected the well with. Yeah, <laughs> you're the middle part. You're the uh, mediator for any argument they have from there on out. <laughs> awesome. Sounds, sounds awesome. Well, so, I mean, this is why there are like we we sell a lot of houses. And so if I, if I had to be friends with everybody, like real friends where you're constantly talking and hanging out, I wouldn't have time in the day. Right. So you do have to be selective with where you're spending your time. That's also why we have our batched events. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's why, that's why people do client appreciation events is because we do, I do care about a lot of our our client, most of our clients, (laughs) all Um, of them, all of them. There's like maybe one or two that I've tossed out over the years. Um, but no, most everybody that I've ever worked with, I have a friendly relationship with. I care about what's going on in their lives. And when I call, I'm genuinely curious what's going on with their kids and all that stuff. So we do these client appreciation parties so we can bring them all together. And I and I have that time to, to interact with them because there is not time to do that on a personal day-to-day basis. And I don't want that much interaction yeah. just because I'm more of a private <laughs> or the introvert yeah, side. You're, you're what, uh, what did she say? A friendly introvert. Friendly yeah. introvert. Yeah. That's would, kind of why I picked this question because it kind of. I think I am a friendly introvert. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Who has her own podcast. <laughs> hey, by the way, thanks for, before we get into the, the next segment, for we've gotten a lot of new listens over the last yeah. oh week. Goodness, so thank you, thank you guys for listening. That's very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you. We like you. I hope we're. um 
bring in some value to your businesses. Yeah. Now share some advice with us too. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? I feel like, can I say one more thing? Yeah. In Real Simple Magazine, mm-hmm. there's like a section and like an etiquette section where people write in and ask her, like, how do I, how do I tell my in-laws that I don't want them to watch my kids yeah. and stuff like that. Like Ann Landers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like that was one of those situations yeah. where it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, tactfully tell explain to someone. want to be friends. Yeah. That like friendship isn't what I'm looking for right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, as long as you're sweet and nice about the whole thing and then and just busy all the time, which you should be. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're a single agent. Yeah. And it's like that person, you know, it's like, yeah, you were right. She could be reading into it. And if you, if by for whatever reason you're not, it's like it's like I was saying, uh, this not wanting to hang out with some. Sometimes you need to be pushed a little bit. Maybe you should go hang out with her. Hey, maybe she's you know a good I mean? referral source and you should treat like, her well. Yeah, like and you know, or maybe she's really cool. It's like it's like just it, no one's just saying I'm a, I'm an introvert is can also be an excuse yeah. a lot of times. I I would agree with that. Cuz we would hang out with people. You're more of an introvert than I am, but you would go out yeah. To go spend time with somebody for coffee or to reconnect yeah. with them. I, do. I don't go. You but wouldn't. That's be, but that's but that's only because You're I don't beyond know introvert. I, I don't know those people. <laughs> Yeah. I don't I don't know the yeah. people. So it's like that's what we every, that, that happens every once in a while where somebody that's a client of Catherine's will say, Oh, you should get Pat and we should all go and hang out. And it's like, I don't know those people. That's how I met them <laughs> maybe if we listed the property, I may have met them for ten seconds taking photos, but I don't have a relationship. So it's well, that's weird for me. I will say every time I've ever done something like that, like I've gone to people's houses for drinks or gone out to lunch or I went to breakfast. Those were good, really good clients and friends um, when I went to breakfast. But uh, I've always enjoyed it. Like it feels as an introvert, I always feel like, oh, my gosh, why did I say yes to that? But then when I'm actually there, I enjoy myself. Right. So but what I was going to say is, too, I think um, if that person there are times where if someone's coming to tour a home or tour homes, I will take them around town too. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to separate is, is she really, is she just asking to hang out or does she legitimately want to see homes? It sounds like she's already under contract. So I, I think it's more of hang out as friends kind of thing. Right. But um, if she really was coming to view homes and what I'll do usually in that situation is tour them around and I might break it up in the middle and like offer to, either go out to lunch with them and show them a specific area nearby that they might enjoy. And then I sometimes might end up eating lunch with them, which can be awkward. You don't know them really that well yet yeah. if they're coming in from out and of town. And then they want to buy lunch yeah. or, in the, or vice versa. And you get in this argument <laughs> like about who's going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that that's worth that time if they're really not familiar with the area. Now, this particular, again, it sounds like she's already under contract and she just wants to hang out and get a lay of the land. Um, but if she was coming to tour, I think that that's that's worth yeah. driving them to to a couple houses and then saying, OK, now here's a little diner we can go eat at or mm-hmm. we can break up. And, you know, I would always offer them too, like, which do they prefer? Because they may not want to. Oh, I guess I'm getting cut off. That was an accident. <laughs> Small wing. He's like, you're rambling. Get no, on with no, it. No, it was an accident, but we might as well get into it. All right. I think everyone understands. OK. All right, then. <laughs> What's your small win? You don't want to be friends with anybody. <laughs> That's 
not true. Don't come up to her if you see her on the street. That's not true. Do not I'm, come up and start. She talking. just doesn't like hugs. You keep your distance. Well, <laughs> nobody likes hugs. Nobody likes oh. hugs. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I okay. I sound like a terrible person. I like people. Uh, you're not. Know, I'm just teasing. Everybody who Everyone knows you can, knows that you're uh, a delight. Anyone who listens to this knows you're not a jerk. I'm the jerk. <laughs> Dull. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going first? Small wins. Um, I'll go. Okay. You go. I did cardio the other day. Oh, yeah. All by yourself without being forced. I came home from the open houses and I was hot and tired. And usually I would want to like jump in the pool, go and jump in the pool. Well, actually, it was, it was kind of cloudy, so I couldn't. Yeah. No, the rain, it was starting to roll in. It was yeah. like getting really, really bad out. But, you know, normally I would have like really wound down for the day. Like that's an exhausting day of running around doing all that. And so I would have wound down. And instead I said, you know what? I'm going to put on my workout clothes and I'm going to go do cardio. And I did very little time on the elliptical. <laughs> That's good. not the point. It was, it was a good amount for me. You did it. And I did it. And then I got to tell my personal trainer that the next day and she yeah. her head exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and we never heard from her again. <laughs> All right. What about you guys? Uh, my small win. I finished up finally. We were, I was doing a... Uh, this is for Thinkler B again. Another, all my small wins are all for the real estate company, I guess, because <laughs> um, I don't leave the house anymore and do anything around, outside of that. But w- I did a uh, like a ten page brochure packet for hiring buyers it's agents. Beautiful. That I, uh, thank you. I spent a really pretty decent number amount of time designing it and coming up with the look and getting all the information and putting it all together and it took me about a week to do it and it's all finished now it just has to be posted yep so maybe if you're listening to this and you go to the website if Catherine has if time Catherine to post it <laughs> in the next uh, week or so you'll be able to see it awesome it's pretty cool my small win is I had uh, I hung up our first shelving unit in our house <laughs> I do you use anchors I did I use anchors <sighs> because there's anchors? no studs drywall anchors Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting the look as if that was the I don't know anything are they shelves it's not falling is it I'm not I don't think it's gonna fall are they shelves it's a it's a corner unit I had custom made mm-hmm. it's an open shelving unit in the corner with two different layers or okay. shelves okay. it's like a box type are the anchors thing. those plastic things that you yeah don't put anything heavy on it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I can't put anything. The guy told me too. He's like, you yeah. can either hang it because it's a, a floating shelf, so yeah. you can't see the Those things nails. will rip right out of the wall. Yeah. I have five books on it, one picture frame, and one small succulent. Just for looks. Just yeah. for looks, literally. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's one. Awesome, yeah, that's 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 nice. But they're my top five books that I continuously reread, so it's next to my reading chair, so that's I can nice. just grab it and read, and it's, I like that spot yeah, now. There you go. Nice. Yeah, they uh, you have to use uh, the anchors that have the wings. Uh, yeah, oh. that's really what you need to use when you're ha- putting anything. That's all the shelving in here and stuff. We had when this room used to be Catherine's office many years ago when we put all kinds of shelves up, and she just kept putting book after book after <laughs> book after books. book after book after book all the way across. The, and and, and the whole <laughs> it, the whole thing just started to just rip the whole wall down oh, no. and stuff. So, yeah, and that's what I didn't know what I was doing then. That's, you learned. That, yeah, you got to learn the hard way, though. my lesson. And then we remodeled and put shiplap over that wall. <laughs> yeah, then just co- covered it with shiplap. <laughs> all done. It's all hidden. <laughs> 
Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions or stories to us at our website, onseekingthebest.com. You can even leave a voicemail and we will play it on the show. Send us a tweet at seekthebestpod. And for Kat, Kayla, myself, thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.